Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Friends, Clinton Baptiste here and... And Linda Pollock. And Linda Pollock. That's your cue, Linda. Oh, my God. It's so nice to be back. It seems like it's been an age, doesn't it? It really does. I've missed it terribly. Oh, tell your face. But she's been working. Yeah. She'd come over to my house. And what did I make you? A... Bacon butty. A bacon butty. So I don't want you people at home to think that I'm not treating her right. He treats me like a lady. Treat her like a lady. <laughs> Light a cigarette if she smokes, even help her with a coat. Treat her like, like a lady. lady. So that's a dated thing, isn't it? Light a cigarette if she smokes. Oh. Ooh, she's all grouty. <laughs> Ooh, super kings. <laughs> not classy now, is it? Bagash Lil. Bagash Lil. It's not classy, smoking. No, it isn't. Although I've been watching quite a lot of El Dorado recently. Oh, yes, and they'd smoke in El Dorado. There's some smoke. Oh, my God, there's all sorts in there. There was an end bomb in El Dorado. You're joking. No, I'm not joking. Bloody How hell. How did that get through? That was at like tea time at BBC was and it, it the wasn't 80s? that long ago. 80s? No, it wasn't even. It was the 90s. Yeah. Bloody hell. Talking of the 90s, yeah. later on we have got someone coming up, uh, Terry Christian. Oh, right, yeah. We've got an exclusive interview with Terry Christian because I've just come back from Manchester where I did a massive... I might tell you about it in a minute. Let's see how we go. A celebrity gig. Did you get... The word. I'm getting hey. the word. I didn't want to say that in case it sounded. But I, <laughs> do you know when I when I went and spoke to him? I caught him and I said, Terry, will you please come and speak to me on my podcast? And I wanted to, what I wanted to do was catch him there and then with the the recording. Right, yeah, but he was... And he said, no, no, I've got something to sell. Let's do it later in the week. Ah, so I spoke savvy. to him. Spoke to him last night and we got an exclusive interview. With Terry Bloody Christian, the one and only. Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa, it's Terry Christian. What have you been up to? I know you've been working. Yes. You still like the work? Uh, yes, I mean, sometimes challenging because yeah. everybody's different, aren't they? Let's just leave it there. What do you mean? The staff or the kids? 
Okay. That's what I mean. Okay. But every day, in every way, I'm getting more and more perfect. Do, do oh, obviously there's a PE teacher or someone, or someone who's <laughs> rubbing you up the wrong way in the staff room. Is that right? It's all right. And I'm not saying whether it's staff or students. It might be both. It might be neither. Oh. Let's just say everybody's different. I've been working on my own for a long time. It's weird having to take other people into consideration. That is what I have found since the lockdown. Yeah. I sometimes take my doggy for a walk, for example. Yes. I There's certain people I can't be bothered to talk. I think we've had this conversation before. I can't always be bothered yeah. to talk to people. And I think back in the day, before the lockdown, I would have probably made the effort. And people might think I'm being a bit grand or something, but I just I've got nothing to say to certain people. I have two ways of that. Sometimes I cannot be bothered and sometimes I find myself telling them too much because yes. I am used to not having people oh, ask me how I am. You know what I mean? Yes, good How was your point. weekend? They're not really interested, but they hear everything. I give them an extra paragraph and afterwards I think they did not ask that question why you give keep some mystery well this is the other thing of course if you are like you and me and you do tend to meet people who are probably slightly and don't don't shoot me down flames people at home I'm not saying they're any better than normal people muggles as I as I refer to them <laughs> but sometimes showbiz people or people who are in the arts are slightly more forthcoming with things aren't they yes because you're always on you know you're always on and also if you're dealing with the arts and you're dealing with emotions and I'm, I'm blimey I'm tightening this up it's only a silly podcast but you are just used to wearing your heart on your sleeve mm. a little bit more and sometimes you can offer it up to suburban people and they look at you like you're mad yeah don't you go if I didn't want to know about that. <laughs> Only has to wear bush come to. Don't need f***ing life, Dory. Those people, Clinton. Well, that's true. And, then, you know, sometimes you just go into too much... Oh, yeah, needless detail. Can't you? That's, yeah, that's because we do tend to think we're fascinating, don't we? Because we are. In comparison well, we are, many, compared yeah. to a lot of bloody people. We live exciting lives. With yes. that in mind, I had a Chinese last weekend. See, people, that's what we do. Glamorous, living Glam- the dream. Chinese! But like many mere mortals, yes. maybe my digestion isn't as robust as I thought it was. I did seem to be the unfortunate one, so maybe it's wrong to blame it on the chicken balls. Ooh. But I did overindulge in the chicken balls oh, and Christ. they came back to bite me, let's just say. From beyond the grave. From behind, yeah. Oh, my God. What was it, a quality Chinese or just... It was a really nice one, actually. I very much enjoyed it and it was totally worth it. Um, I woke up the next morning probably two stone lighter. So swings and roundabouts. What was the... uh, I don't know that one. Where was it? What was the name of this Chinese restaurant? Oh, I can't remember. It was somewhere... I am going to tell you something now. It was somewhere with people knocking about. And when we were waiting, it was this young lad, very rude. Why? What did he do? Is it nearly done yet? Is it nearly done yet? Oh, waiting for his takeaway. Yeah, but he was like stepping up to the counter and I thought being rather loutish. So I sat and judged him very hard. He wouldn't have noticed, but um, my companion did. Right, I'm going to tell you something now and I do not want to be shot down in flames. I went to a Chinese restaurant. Went down the lane. I went! Just a minute. Hold on. I went down the lane. I went down the lane to a Chinese restaurant in Sheffield and it was called Wong Ting. No. Yes. And now, that this is my dilemma now because I immediately put out on Twitter in the old days, oh dear, the food's not nice. I think I've chosen the Wong Ting. <laughs> now, the problem is... 
<laughs> that sounds racist, but there is no way, there is no earthly way that they didn't name that restaurant with that title. Someone in, must have told them. Of course. In Sheffield of all places, they're not backwards and coming forwards. That's what I mean. They knew very well what they were doing, calling it Wong Ting. <laughs> and so we're not going to dwell on that because someone will be very cross with me. But, but let's just think about it for a second and not say anything. Yeah, that's it. Moving on, you will be glad to know that once again people have been in touch. Um, We've had these phone calls this week on Skype. Clinton, it's Les McEwen. I'm still rocking and rolling. I did sing the song, the song. I want to see you soon and want to talk to you. Hiya, Clinton. Whitney Houston here. You know, the one from all the songs and that. Can't sing them anymore. Too many regal super kings. Anyway, I'm... Whitney Houston there and Les McEwen from the Bay City Rollers. Both icons in different ways, aren't they? <laughs> Both icons in different ways. This also saved it. It's, it's number 100 in our... A humorous busker section. This is a fella in, I'm not going to say where it is, but it's another one in the East Midlands. In other news, the, do you remember the air hostess we spoke about with yes. the, um, the ghost oh, child? Yeah, the child that was left on the plane and the they, they, they thought might be a ghost no. child. It looks like just someone's kid. Clearly yeah. a bloody ghost, all right? Yeah, what the photo's telling me, Linda Bloody Pollock. Sorry. That air hostess is going to speak to us. Now, I only found about this today, mm. but we will be speaking to her at a later date. Are you sure? What do you mean? Well, you know, does she go to a different school? Maybe she's moved to Canada. (laughs) What, you think it's me putting on a funny voice? I think maybe you're going to come in with a wig on, yes. No, definitely not. This woman is in touch, and they they were on the tarmac at the time, and that guy who flies the plane, Greg Perkin... The pilot, if you will. The pilot, that's what he's called. He said to me that we will be able to speak to her. She even give me her email. If Captain Greg says it's so, then it is. It is. Let's get on with the spooky stories. It's from chat... It's Fate magazine, which, of course, as I've said before, makes Fate and Fortune look like the New York Times. This is actually a ghost magazine now. They don't make it anymore. This is a ghost magazine, but this is... From Beyond the Grave. From Beyond the Grave. Gift from the divine spooky music, please, Linda, as you regale us with this story. I met Archangel Michael in the flesh. Claimed Christian Taylor, 35, from Beckenham of Kent. The man in the BMW revved his engine as we both waited for the same parking slot in central London. It was Christmas Eve and very busy. My stress levels were through the roof. Seeing an opening, I shot forward into the empty parking space. But as I squeezed past the man's BMW, I felt a bump. Oh no, I'd clipped his car. First of all, Linda, can you stop reading this thing like you're taking the piss out of it? For Christ's sake. That, 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 oh, was, that was all no. read ironically. Don't be a 
poo-pooer. Don't be a bloody poo-pooer. Right, put the music on again. <laughs> Go on, then. I bit my lip as I looked helplessly at the small dent I'd made in his metalwork. The man's face contorted with rage. He leapt out of his BMW and rushed over to my car. That's terrifying, that. Mm. My heart sank as I slowly wound down my window. The man was red-faced and pointing at me aggressively. I'm so glad you scratched my car, he ranted, eh? I'm going to make you pay for all that damage. Which is the sort of thing no one would say. No. I'm so glad. Was he waving his fist like this an angry a, farmer in I'm an not... Enid Blind book? <laughs> yes, I'm not sure I believe it. But anyway, go on. This is what she says. This is frightening now. Go what on. did she say? She said, um, I was shaking. Shaking, I yeah. was going through a difficult divorce and a car prang was too much to cope with. Well, you shouldn't have been a selfish cow then, should you? Yeah. Stay right there, ordered the driver after taking my name and address. Ooh. I'll be back with my insurance details. Ooh. That'll teach you. Please, Archangel Michael, help me fix the situation, I pleaded silently, as if he's not got better things to do. <laughs> I can't cope with his stress, not on top of everything else. Seconds later, the man returned, and it was like talking to a different person. So there you are, get this. You know what? I'm not going to make you pay, he said, smiling at me. It's Christmas. <laughs> Hey, why are this you laughing? I'm going to file this under shit that didn't happen. It's a bloody season of goodwill. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> anyway, I, I can see it's Christmas, and I can see you're a sweet person. Don't worry, it's just a scratch. I got out of my car to speak to him, and he hugged me briefly. Oh, oh dirty Christmas for him, was it? Dirty <laughs> bastard! I felt a wave of pure calm and angelic connection. The BMW driver added, "You have a good day, Kristen." Oh, no, that's foreshadowing. He's going to How follow you home. How know that? Her name is Kristen, actually. Kristen Taylor from Beckenham in Kent. Well, if you've been paying attention... You uh, said it. Clinton, it oh. said, stay right there, ordered the driver, after taking my name and Sorry, address. I beg your pardon. I, Very simple. That, that That is my fault. I wasn't listening. <coughs> my bad. My bad. My bad. Right, go on. The man waved goodbye and then drove off. I was speechless for a moment before I said thank you to Archangel Michael. That's really strange. Yeah. Let's flash forward to 2008, because the rest of the article is boring. I was made redundant from my law job, but rather than be devastated, I was relieved. Oh, I heard something really good, actually, today, All right, this hold week. All right, turn the music off. Go this on. is some uh, words of wisdom you might want to hold close to your bosom, dear listener. Go on. Rejection is protection. What does that make? What, because if you got involved with someone who are not that interested in you, you're going to get more hurt than yeah, if they just exactly. front it up. So when you don't get that job, you wouldn't have been right for it anyway. You would have been miserable. It, you're protected from a worse situation. Rejection is protection. I think that's absolutely fantastic advice. <laughs> Ten points for that advice, Linda. Thank anyway, you. so she's relieved. She was finding corporate law too cutthroat, and every morning my heart sank, she says, as I made my way to work on the tube with a capital T. The redundancy was the push I needed to change. Oh, she got made redundant, yes. Yeah. I was working too... She would have got a decent whack as well at that job, wouldn't she? She nearly got a decent whack <laughs> off that bloke for smashing into his BMW, the silly cow. I began working too... Th- that came across as a bit sexy. It was a bit aggressive, that, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be funny. Who hurt you, Clint? 
Paddington. Oh, don't. I began working two days a week in the legal department of a London firm. No one likes to show off. Working with the angels the rest of the time. But soon it was the same story all over again. The work I was doing, sending bill collection letters and firing employees, was very low vibration. Oh, you don't want to be doing that at work. Get on with your work. I had to drag myself into work and felt drained when I came home. In 2010, I couldn't take it anymore and left. Bloody hell, you wouldn't do that nowadays. There's no work around. I realised that the angels were nudging me in the right direction. Away from law. So how did she earn a crust, I hear you cry? Well, of course, she became a healer working from home full time and clients came to me via word of mouth. Sausages. I help people with a range of issues from fertility problems to anxiety. Fertility. Do you remember that Victoria Wood sketch? Where Which it's, one? It's like, it's like a Fly on the Wall documentary in a hospital. Yeah. And there's a couple sitting in the waiting room and they said, do you come in... Uh, what you what you here for? And she says, oh, we've just come in for some tests. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the guy says to her, fertility? And she says, oh, I don't know. It might be, it might be tillity. <laughs> <laughs> I like the one where she goes to the doctor. She says, oh, doctor, do you want to, uh, do you want to know about my periods? And he goes, oh, God, come on. I don't want to hear about that. What was that one? She says, <laughs> something like that. I love Victoria Wood. She oh, was. yeah. Oh, much missed. Was, much missed. <laughs> I thought she was great. What's happening, what's happening now? Filling anyway, while we tried to find so what we were saying. Fertility. Sorry, I got st- led astray by the word fertility. Oh, that what does God, happen. Come on. Oh, my fucking So God. she's Get on helping with, uh, with a range of problems from fertility to anxiety. Right. Everything with T on the end. But even though I was working with the angels, so you claim, I wasn't 100% convinced that they could help in any situation. I am a logical person and needed proof of what they could do. That's why the BMW incident was so important to me. It was the first sign that angels really can offer hands-on help. A few months after the Christmas car crash... I mean, it was a bump, it was not a car crash, was it? it wasn't a crash, no. I was sitting on the tube, travelling into London, when a middle-aged man sat down across from me. Oh, oh I know. Get... <laughs> Dirty bugger. There was something different about this man. Oh, hold on. Is that your Willie? Yeah, <laughs> Could never notice he had the most beautiful, piercing blue... Oh. You do have a dirty bottom, I've seen no, it. No, you don't want to be saying that. <laughs> he looked at me and smiled again. That doesn't happen. Oh, the dirty pig. <laughs> I gasped out loud. It was like he was looking straight into my soul. Oh. I'm going to make him taste my jam donut. I was still going through my divorce and I'd been asking the angels for a lot of help. Remember, too, I'd walked away from a well-paid and stable career as a corporate lawyer to work with angels. No, we haven't forgotten that, love. So there I was, sitting in the tube with this man, a stranger, staring right at me. Then, even more oddly, given that this was the London Underground, where nobody ever talks to strangers, he started speaking to me. He said... I'm having sex at the moment. No, sorry, he didn't say that. He said, my name is Michael. I need to tell you something. Now, this would really freak you out. Yeah. Everything is going to be okay. You're on the right path. The way Michael gave me this message startled me. He was talking directly to me, to my soul, as if he knew my deepest fears. What did she say to him? She said... You are a very sexy man. She said, thank you. I managed to stutter. Michael smiled and stood up. You, you make me feel sexy. I glanced down for a second. Uh. No. No, Christ, hold on. 
<laughs> Hold on. No, that didn't happen. No, and when I looked up, he'd gone. Thank oh! <laughs> oh, he's been. What a dirty bastard. That's <laughs> always the way, isn't it? <laughs> Go on. The strangest thing was the train hadn't stopped. He hadn't got off. It was as if he just vanished. Oh, you've made it all up. No, no. I knew then that the Archangel Michael right. had taken human form. Oh, the only logical conclusion. Had taken human form to reassure me and make me feel loved. I feel very honoured to have met him. Right, OK. So, the, it, so it continues. Oh, this God, woman, no. yes, is clearly experiencing Archangel Gabriel. Meeting Archangel Michael, Michael in person was a huge boost to my belief in my gifts. After that, the signs from above started flowing thick and fast. I turn on the radio and hear a song about angels. I dreamt about <laughs> that angels. Because that's always on. That is not a coincidence. <laughs> what, that's Robbie? Just, yeah, just facts. I, I dreamt about angels and I found huge white feathers in odd places in a tidy home when the windows had been shut. Ooh. Only the other week, I wanted to go to a party just to do something normal with a friend. But Archangel Michael told me, you won't enjoy it. it <laughs> what a miserable get. <laughs> you won't enjoy it. And the energy around it is really chaotic. Oh, but go if you want. Oh, it's, it's going to be mayhem. You won't God, like it. It sounds like a right bloody misery, doesn't it? Go I like organised parties where everyone's nice. You're going to Miss Holmes under the hammer. He spoke to me <laughs> telepathically. You see, two of my strongest psychic gifts are the time I hear the angels meet as I hear the angels, meaning I'm clairaudient, and I sense the angels, meaning I'm clairsentient. But I fancied going out, letting me hairs down, so I got in the train, <laughs> headed to the party, but the train broke down oh. and I had to catch the bus instead. This is proof. This uh -oh, is proof. It's gonna be another dodgy bloke on Go public on. transport. Go on. I texted my friend to tell her, only for her to reply that she was running late anyway, so could we meet somewhere else? So I had to get off the bus and look for another bus. I mean, we don't care. <laughs> Needless detail. And then the traffic was awful. You're right, Archangel Michael, I thought as I got off the bus after five minutes. I give up. I'm going home. Sod my friend. Let her stand in the middle of, I'm guessing, London on her own. Well, she'd That'd have a sign. She'd have a sign. Be fair. In July 2018, Metatron... The archangel who's the mouthpiece of God. Of God, yes, yes, that's right. And not a transformer. No, right. Told me, Kristen, we're going to write a book together. Have these people, have these beings not got anything better to do? Well, these things do appear in the most strange of places. In a ghost up my family. Right. I, I was meditating when the message came through. Right. I was a bit dubious because I wasn't, sh wasn't sure how it would work. Who would do the typing? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, treat it properly! Even so, I trusted, sat at my desk and waited. The words flowed through me. It's a bit like those <laughs> chicken balls. <laughs> my hands were a blur on the computer keys and I wrote the book with Metatron in two days. Your pencil. Yeah. Two days does not a book make. No, it doesn't. You can buy this book from Metatron. Oh. Yeah, go on. The practical guide is all about working with angels to free yourself from the past from trauma to become lighter and embrace a beautiful future. Angels can help you to step into your Christmas. divine... <laughs> as Elton John once said, your divine alignment. And I just feel so blessed to be able to come 
connect with them. Sorry. These days, I always listen to their guidance because these awe-inspiring, awe-inspiring heavenly helpers are always right. To book a session or workshop with Kristen, go to kristentaylorintuitive.com A practical guide to ascension with Archangel Metatron. <laughs> Do you think he turns up at Waterstone? He demanded, to he demanded <laughs> that he was mentioned too. Yeah, his agent. God, presumably. Um, so anyway, but that just does prove. I know you. You yeah, don't. Proof. No, I know you don't believe that, Linda. You... No, let me just finish. I know you don't believe that, Linda. But basically, that can happen. You can be visited by angels, as you you will you will discover that in many many episodes of this podcast over two series. People are visited by angels. I've been approached on the tube. It never leads to me writing a book. Sometimes it leads to me taking down someone's particulars, but it never leads to me writing a book. No, okay, but this lady does have the gift. You don't really have the gift as such. (laughs) Very, very cut off. Very cut off. Now, this is the next. This is this is fascinating, right? (laughs) We've not dealt with this lady for quite some time. Oh, here we go, Jenny Smedley. Jenny Smedley. She is the regressionaire expert in chat. (laughs) It's fate. Celebrity past life. This is she is claiming that Sharon Stone is fiercely intelligent, but is said to lack charm. Oh, she was once. This is what this is Jenny Smedley says. Sharon Stone, the actress, was once Elizabeth Blackwell, the world's first female doctor. So it's not surprising she has no time for small talk. It sounds like me when I'm walking the dog. <laughs> which makes people see her as prickly. She finds it hard to shake off her previous role as a female pioneer, respected for her brain above all else. I wanted to say this very quickly. It's quick. an outlandish claim if ever I heard one. What I want to say... You know, actors, actresses particularly, get a reputation. Oh, very difficult. I don't see, if you go on a chat show, because you're an actor, you don't, you're not necessarily, you know, you're not Dave, David Walliams. You're not... Well, John, Jim, Jim, poor, poor example. Jimmy Cat. Well, you know what I mean? You, 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 just because you're an actor doesn't mean you're necessarily a brilliant sort of storyteller no. on a... The days of the raconteur that used to... Who was that fella who used to go on Wogan all the time and he'd say... Eustonoff. We can't all be Peter Eustonoff, No, no, it can't be Peter Eustonoff, no. Or um, Or, David Niven or 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 Williams. Yeah, yes. No, that's right. But not all that fella. No, but I always felt sorry for... Do you remember Meg Ryan? There's so much made of that interview. If you watch that interview... He's a little bit sneery, I think. He's a bit sneery. She goes, well, um, no, it's not my favourite part of the job. And he goes, and yet this is what you have to do. Meg Ryan, didn't they? It's like, well, she's clearly there to sell a film. She wasn't rude. She, she, it's just not her favourite thing. Yeah, there's too much made of that. I think so. Bloody ridiculous. I think that, especially with female actors, a lot of the time they're expected to do all right. They, they, especially in those days. Yes, expected to be all like. Girlish and uh, you know be charmed yes. by these people. Yes. And if they're not, yeah, they're down that line. It's like, oh, what? Difficult. She's oh. so up herself. Oh, she was very difficult. I found him. You know. I mean, and if you look at that, he, he sort of does a little bit of sort of sexy stuff, doesn't he? Yeah. I don't want to speak ill of the dead, and I, I turn to his face, Michael. You were shit with Meg Ryan. He was out of order. <laughs> Linda says you're out of order. Right, okay, thank you. He said, yeah, sorry about that. And uh, the Muhammad Ali interview as well. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> anyway, so that, that's all I wanted to say. Now, look, we'll come back to Jenny Smedley yeah. shortly. But in the meantime, I just wanted to tell you, the other day I did a gig in Accrington 
do you know Accrington in the northwest? Yeah, yes, quite, I remember quite, that advert quite well. Accrington, day, exactly. And there was a young man called Ryan Mullinder who was the promoter of this particular comedy gig, and he told me a terrifying story. Mm-hmm. Have a listen to this. I'm here in Accrington. We're doing a gig. The promoter is with me, Ryan Mullinder. He's a larger-than-life sort of fella. Um, He came to me earlier and said he didn't know it was his place to mention it, but something spooky did happen to him. Ryan, would you please tell us this terrifying story and, and put the spooky music on, Linda? Thank you. Well, it was when I was younger and I stayed at my nan's and we lived next to a big field which we called the brook. Right. And my dad would always say there was a druid who lived in the in the brook and he had big red eyes. And this was just to frighten you or it was a real folk tale? Well, looking back, it's probably to frighten me. Right. But when I was a kid, I believed it and I thought I'd seen big red eyes. Right, okay. But then it was one night when I was there and I was at looking nans, at, at nans, my nans, yeah, at my yeah. nans, and I was looking out, I'd gone to bed, been pe- taken to bed by my nan, and right. I was looking out and I thought... Taken to bed by your nan? <laughs> put to bed or taken to bed, put there's to probably be- a, put a to difference. Bed. Yeah, put to bed by nan. Sorry. I don't think I'd misbehave that night, right, no. Okay, sorry about that, I'll delete that later, not right. suggesting... So I was put to bed by my nan. Okay. Not taken. No, it's put to bed by my nan. Terrible image. Gone. And I looked out the window and thought I'd seen some big red eyes. Right. Well, later on that night, I looked at the end of my bed and I seen this lady figure at the end, at the foot of my bed. My God. Wasn't your nan? (laughs) Was it more? (laughs) (laughs) Did she have red eyes? Was it cataracts? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, come on, come on. <laughs> Show them to bed, not taken to bed. No, no, right, go on. <laughs> so you, at the end of the bed was this woman, <laughs> this lady figure. Right. And um, but she floated above the bed. Fuck off. I swear, she had no legs and it was this white... <sighs> it's like what? flowing in the in the in the wind. These these What's rags what? these rags are over as a dress around her. Oh my her. god! Really? Mm, it is. And I... she floated above me, and I hid under the quilt. Yes. For the rest of the night. My god! Well, the next day I, I went to get up, and my well, I was paralysed from the hips down. This is true. It's not bad. True story. You, true story. You couldn't get out of bed. No, I couldn't get out of bed. I was paralysed from the hips down, so they had to get the paramedics out. Right. But I, they said I just slept funny, uh, some paralysis thing. Uh, yeah, paralysis. But yeah. the night before, I said I'd seen this lady. Right. Okay. Look, I'm playing devil's advocate. Isn't there a chance that you did have some sort of mild form of, I don't know, meningitis type thing? I don't know. And you were delirious. And that is what brought on this paralysis. And that's why you saw the woman, the elderly lady, with the come-to-bed eyes. Maybe. I did come from a poor upbringing, so it could oh, be the first from. Really? Come from a... Were there a lot of rags and people, women yeah, in rags? nourishment. Oh, shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> But, but to this day, you maintain that you saw that. It I was... maintain it. Right. To this day, it was as clear as day. And the next day, I mean, it was good that I was paralysed from the, the hips down the yes. next day because it was PE in school and I hated oh, PE. Oh, God. Yeah, you, you surprised me. Uh, 
<laughs> Surely not. Uh, Ryan, so listen, tell me, to this day you swear by, was it something that, that, that comes up in family history? Does people just say, oh, he was just poorly? Well, my nan's no longer with me, so I'm when I woke sorry. up the next day, I did tell her all about it. Right. And she did well, you just rolled over and, and tapped her I away. Crawled, I crawled, yeah, I crawled, yeah. I crawled across to the top oh of the Oh, my God. I shouted, Nan. She was shouting me down for my, my breakfast. Right, OK. My boiled egg and soldiers. Right, yeah. But I couldn't make it. So I got to the top of the stairs and crawled it and screamed. But I still, to this day, maintain that something happened, yes. Oh, God. Did she have a lot of soldiers in the house? <laughs> <laughs> with your, for your boiled egg? <laughs> I'm not she, suggesting she had she soldiers. Was, <laughs> she was popular. Yes. Very popular with the military. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, well, wonderful story. Thank you very much. I'm here to tell you, if you can tell me where she lived, roughly, I might be able to confirm the, the sightings of any Druids there. New Moston in Failsworth in North Manchester. You mustn't. New Moston. I will do it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> New Moston. New Moston. New Moston. I will look it up. Ryan, thank you very much. Thank you. Jenny Smedley. Jenny Smedley. <laughs> More outrageous claims now from Jenny Smedley. <laughs> Back to Jenny Smedley. Be nice to each other. <laughs> Back to Jenny Smedley. Oh, my Jenny's ever so smedley. Jenny Smedley. <laughs> Jenny Smedley. It's like, I always used to laugh about, you remember that programme called Inspector George Gently? <laughs> oh, yeah. George Gently. Inspector Jenny Smedley. Do you want to inspect Jenny Smedley? I've been watching you. Sitting on, on the, the toilet, toilet, Jenny Smedley. Oh, dear. Right, Jenny Smedley. Get this. This is this is Jenny's in-depth regression. Oh, God. Here we You're go. You're like this. Shut in. Dear Jenny, since I was a... Can you read him properly? <laughs> she shut in. I'm trying to be dramatic. Okay. Since I was a child, I've hated doors to be shut. Oh God, my mum loves a door shut. Oh put, yeah, put wood in thaw. Oh, she says. put in thaw. Yeah, put wood in yeah. thaw. Yeah. Born in a barn. Are we heating the That's street, etc., etc.? Et yeah. I don't mind if the door is pushed too, but just not completely closed, says Lisa, 33 of Newcastle upon Tyne, in yeah. Tyne and Weir. In case you were wondering. Right. Go on. What does Jenny say? <laughs> it starts with the subheading, Night Out. Right. It's 1980 and you're having what seems like a harmless evening out in London. Your name is Gloria and you're 37 years old. <laughs> Your local bar is like a second home and you're very comfortable there. Pisshead. Everyone knows you. Oh, bloody hell, it's, yeah. Eric. it's Gloria it's, again. It's for slag. It's a private joint, members only. Yeah. So you have to call up to have the door unlocked. Here we go, is the locking connection. Right. Normally, you love the exclusivity of the members only club. What kind of place is this? I'll way? tell you what it is. Oh, you just thanked me. It's one of them. Of course it is. But this time, you feel a slight unease when the door's shut and locked, and you tell yourself you're being silly, brush it aside. An hour later, and you're having too much fun to care. <laughs> Someone, a troublemaker, gets thrown out, and the door is locked behind him. Next subheading, Revenge Attack! Yeah, it's a bit extreme, this. It's a bit extreme for someone who doesn't like doors shut. You have no idea what he's planning in his anger. You can't see him as he grabs a can of petrol and then returns. Tendrils of smoke start to curl under the door. Flames lick... Is she still in the toilet? She's in the bog, is she still? (laughs) 
hold on. Uh, yeah, hold on. Ten tendrils of smoke start to curl under the door. Sounds like you, that Chinese restaurant. Flames. <laughs> I smoke. Oh, Jesus Christ. People suddenly start to panic. That does sound like it. As smoke quickly fills the space. People run into each other as the lights go out. You can't see the door. You pray for it to open. But by the sound people are making, it isn't unlocked. No one can escape. We should have given you a trigger warning there, not because of the content of that, but because it's absolute bollocks. <laughs> no, no, we don't know this. This is what Je- all I'm saying is it's quite extreme. Suffocating smoke. Your breathing becomes so hard, you're coughing, choking. You feel yourself falling to the floor. The floor is warm, but there's nothing you can do. The only windows are barred shut, and you know you can't escape that way. The door was the only exit. You have no air, you can't even scream, but at least you feel no pain. Your soul has left your body before the flames reach it. Jesus Christ. (laughs) That's just someone who who doesn't like a door door shut. (laughs) Jenny says, with a sudden violent death, people are often haunted by some aspect of it. All of it, probably. In Lisa's case, it's the closed, locked door. Lisa's response is... (laughs) What a load of shit. No, she doesn't say that. She says, it's not a pleasant story. No, it isn't. telling me. But it does seem to resonate with me. I completely understand why I don't like doors to be fully closed now, and it also explains why I'm not a fan of bonfires (laughs) on Guy Fawkes now. It's a very simple story of someone who was caught in the bathroom. Is that when you wash your bottom? Amongst other things, yes. <laughs> well, Jenny Smedley there with a very, very terrifying story about fire. We're going to speak to someone in just a second, but I wanted to read this rather chilling story that he sent to us. Linda, if you would, please. And this is a lesson in how to get your story on the show. Yes. Dear Clinton and Linda, I'm a huge fan of your show. I cannot tell you what a ray of sunshine it is in my life. Oh, how lovely. (laughs) Thank you so much. Very kind, very kind. He continues on. Yeah. I can consider you to be doing God's work, especially you, Clinton, with your very special talent with ghosts in that. Yes, I think that's a little bit over the top. It's not... um... You know, it's a little bit... I don't know about it's God's work, but... No, you're not Metatron, are you? I'm not Metatron. (laughs) Go on. Or or Jenny Smedley. (laughs) Now, just lately, I've been very disappointed with the stories some of your listeners have sent in. Me too! Yes. Shite! So many seem to have very logical explanations, in my humble opinion. I've thought many times... Exactly. Exactly. I I think so, too. I've thought many times, he says, that's crap, that's not even scary. And then it suddenly occurred to me, why don't I tell you something creepy that happened many years ago that still gives me the willies when I think about it? Please, let's have... Oh, my fucking God. Let's start. So he says, so that's what I've decided to do. Brackets, Linda, spooky music, please. Yes, that's my job, not his. Yes. My spooky story. This incident happened many years ago in my hometown when I was a young man. I was seeing a local girl. She was my first proper girlfriend, you might say. I used to stay at her house some evenings. Her parents were okay about this, as my girlfriend had two single beds in her room and used to share it with her older sister, who had recently left home. The deal was I could stay over as long as I slept in the other bed. Being young... <laughs> what did they think was going to happen? You're going to sleep there like Fred and Wilma? No. It was... Uh, and I hope you had a lovely time. I bet you did. <laughs> Being young, we used to wait until her parents were asleep. We could often hear them snoring in the room next door and I would get up and climb into bed with her. Now, these beds were about three feet apart and one was right next to the bedroom door. So close that when the door was open too wide, it would hit the side of the bed. Yeah, needless detail. 
The family had a dog called Jippy. It was quite an old dog, but still quite sprightly, with a coarse, wired coat. Yeah, needless detail. I think my girlfriend was its favourite family member, as it would come into her room most nights. The routine was always the same. Somehow, shortly after we'd gone to bed, Jippy would come running up the stairs, barrel into the bedroom and jump on the bed. Sometimes, if I'd vacated the bed... Jesus is boring. ...and joined my girlfriend in hers, Linda would bounce back off the bed and go downstairs. If I had vacated the bed, the dog would turn around on it a few times, then settle down and leap on it for the night. One evening, when we came home from the pub, my girlfriend and I stumbled upon a very distressing scene. <coughs> Her mum and dad were in the kitchen, sat on the floor with Jippy. Oh. Who looked in a very bad way. Oh, no, I think she's dying, her dad said. Maybe she's eaten something poisonous, he continued. She won't keep anything down, not even water, he said. I think all the time, this fella David's thinking, yeah, never mind all that. <laughs> Fucking nearly time for bed. I'm going to push them two beds together. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm really sorry about the dog. Better, better turn in. No, no. Then I, oh, better turn in, you know. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go on, carry on. <laughs> Poor old Jippy. <laughs> Poor old Jippy. Anyway, on cue, go on. Jippy lifted her head and puked up a puddle of water uh, on the floor. My girlfriend moaned, dropped to her knees and started sobbing, stroking, uh, stroking Jippy's head. We all stayed up until about 2am until her dad told us to go to bed that he would stay up with Jippy and let us know if there are any changes. Yeah, yeah, do let us know. Do let us know. Tomorrow will do. Tell us tomorrow. We slept in separate beds that night. Boo! (laughs) It was a restless night. I could hear my girlfriend tossing and turning and she could hear the same from me. All night in the bed next to me, about 7am, we heard her dad shout from downstairs, You'd better come down. My girlfriend leapt out of bed. I don't know why I'm laughing. The girlfriend... Terrible story. Out, it's a horrible story. My girlfriend leapt out of bed and ran down the stairs. After a few seconds, I heard some cries downstairs of, Oh, no, and Jippy. I will be honest. I didn't want to go downstairs. I think we know why. <laughs> That, that, that's probably why you would stay up there, just for a second, you know. <laughs> walk it off. Yeah, walk it off, yeah. The kitchen was a horrible scene. The family were all hugging each other, crying, oh. snot-filled faces and tears, and poor Jippy lying on the floor, obviously dead. Oh, Christ. I felt very awkward, mumbled some condolences and decided to do what every English person does in this situation. I decided to put the kettle on. The morning was pretty miserable, as you can imagine. Her dad asked me if I would bury the dog in the garden, as he didn't have the heart. It was the 1980s. We did stuff like that back then. I said I would, and he seemed reassured. I took my girlfriend out for the day to try and cheer her up, or at least take her mind off it. We returned in the early evening. Her parents were watching TV downstairs. Oh, the dirty bastard, he can't wait, can he? And her dad told me that he'd buried the dog in the garden. Eh? I thought he'd buried the dog in yeah. the garden. Anyway, don't matter. They stayed up for a bit and then went to bed quite early. Went to bed quite early. Damn! We turned in a couple of hours later. <laughs> It had been a wretched day. My girlfriend was exhausted and we climbed into the same bed around midnight. Oh, she could barely, she could barely muster up the enthusiasm. <laughs> Poor me. She fell asleep almost immediately and I was lying there awake thinking about the day. I bet you were. I could hear her parents snoring. And it was about midnight, I would say. Suddenly I heard a noise downstairs. Odd, I thought, as I knew her parents were both in bed. And then I heard a sound I will never forget. It was the sound of a dog running up the stairs. (gasps) If you've ever heard that sound, you can't mistake it for anything else. 
I started to get a very uneasy feeling. And then I could hear it. As I said, the bed was right next to the door and there was a very distinct sound of panting outside the door. Oh, my God. Nearly cheap myself. I was petrified. I was absolutely rigid. I was lying flat on my back in the bed and my girlfriend was lying on my arm, snuggling into the pit of my arm. She was dead to the world. Oh, Christ. I, oh, sorry. I started trying to whisper her name out of the corner of my mouth to try to arouse rouse her. I was too terrified to move. The panting got louder and louder. I knew I wasn't imagining it. Then, without warning, the door sprung open, hit the side of the bed, and in trotted something. I just stayed stock still. I didn't move a muscle. I could see some shadow moving. Is that your willy? But I didn't dare move to get a better look. The panting continued. Then I heard something leap onto the bed next to us and the panting got louder. I heard the thing turning around a few times. Again, if you have a dog, you know this behaviour. Thank you, Johnny Morris. Yeah. And then collapsing down on the bed, panting. The bed was only three feet away and I was straining desperately at the corner of my eye, not daring to move my head. I'd stop trying to rouse my girlfriend now. I've never been so scared in my life. All I could do was rushing now, because we've probably had enough of this. All I could do was lie there, listen to the panting. After a few minutes, I heard the thing leap off the bed and onto the floor. I heard its tail switch along the walls as it trotted out, and I heard the distinct noise again of doggy feet on the stairs. The rest of the night was pretty uneventful, and eventually I fell asleep. But I didn't sleep well. In the morning, bleary-eyed, over breakfast with her family, her dad said, It's a bit odd. The back door was wide open. Like... <laughs> Don't! Come on. Was wide up Jenny Smedley would have a field day. That, that would be your escape, wouldn't it? Jenny Smedley's charge there. The back door was wide open when I got this morning. <laughs> Come on! Grow up. I knew I'd locked it before bed. I don't know why I didn't mention the nighttime visit. I think because I felt a bit daft. I didn't mention it to my girlfriend for a couple of weeks either, and she just shrugged her shoulders. What? Hey, wasn't even in... Okay. This, is, this is falling apart. I have no idea what happened that night. Did Jippy come to pay one last visit? I don't know. I can categorically assure Linda, though, who is very cut off... Yes. Thank you. ...that I absolutely had not fallen asleep and dreamt it. OK. Of course you hadn't. Anyway... Anyway, you are more than welcome to use my story if it is any use to you. Kind regards, John. I called him David earlier. I couldn't remember his name. We're going to speak to him now. John. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. John McGeekin is here. He of the dying dog fame he ain't sleeping it's john mcgeekin he's sleeping it's john mcgeekin who's that sneaking who's that sneaking it's john mcgeekin wow john is your back door open was it oh, i bet your back door was open that bloody scary dog jumped up my celestial curtains were open i think for sure <laughs> celestial curtains were open john please tell me well first of all i want to know this First of all, why didn't you bury the dog? Because you gave the impression you'd actually buried the dog. And then later when you came home, the dad had had to do it. Well, it, to be honest, it was baffling to me as well. He, he said to me at breakfast, do you mind burying the dog? Which is, was a strange request. That's not a euphemism, um, but leave my daughter alone, is it? <laughs> Did you bury the dog, please? Go on. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that threw me. So, you know, I couldn't. Couldn't rightly say no. And then when we got back late in the evening, he just said, oh, I've buried it like that. So I thought, okay. all right. The thing that intrigues me more than anything is, were you having full sexual intercourse oh my with God. this person with the parents just next door? I'm not sure I'm at liberty to say that. To okay. All right. It's too romantic. It's too romantic. <laughs> Are you still with that person now? No, no, no. Right, okay, no. let's. It's just... a very long time. I'm still in touch with her, but it's a very long time. Oh ago. Christ! I'm sorry. Do I? I'll delete that. Look, in, in, of course, you were used to that dog coming up, jumping on the bed, swishing around, tail against the wall, and all that. <laughs> Is there not a danger that you were just hearing stuff? You were used to that that sound at night, or do you? Did you feel something there? Did you feel a crush on the bed or anything? How convinced are you in all this time looking back that it was real? Oh, I well, everything that I saw and heard was real. Um, I didn't fall asleep, as I, I think I mentioned in the in the letter. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I said to you, the light was dim. I could see something moving, but I did not. Linda's very cut off, so she wouldn't understand. You would understand, Clint, but when you're dealing with spirit, it can be very frightening. So I, I was absolutely petrified. I didn't dare move in the bed. Right. So I'm like... trying to see. I'm trying to see what's in the room without moving. I like the cut of this man's jib. Yeah. Telling me what, what's, what happens with spirit. Because you know, don't you? Well, I do know, and I, I concur with everything he says. I'm going to offer some different uh, ideas. Oh, here let's we go. Then let's just float them. Okay, go on. Okay. One, different dog. Yeah, that crossed my mind as well. There's no yep. stroke box. There's the, the back door's open, and a, and a dog comes in and jumps on the bed. Is it that not the case? Well, I mean, like I said, the, the dad locked the door. So basically, the only, you got two choices. It's either, as I told you what happened, or on that very night that the dog died, 
somehow the dog managed to open the door. Yeah. A random dog on that day opened the door, yeah. ran yeah. up the stairs, did exactly the same thing as this dog did every night, yeah. and then ran downstairs again and out the back door. That's an interesting interpretation of what might have happened. <laughs> I also would proffer the following. The dad was mm -hmm. mistaken. In his grief, he had not locked the door, thus allowing a dog to come in from outside. Yeah. You know what stray dog's like, especially if you can smell another dog around. That's right. Might have a little go. Yeah. You know yeah. what? Do you know why you think that, Linda? Oh, he's very forthright. This Because I'm a woman of science. Is that what you're going to say? No, because you're very cut off. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, John. John, I think there's every chance that that was the dog coming back. Did the dog like you? Well, he liked her. I mean, I, he didn't yeah. dislike me, but I think it was uh, he, he 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 liked her more than anybody else in the family. They're a bit of an odd family, but um, he yeah. was he was not coming in and doing a sort of cut your hands off her, cut <laughs> your hands off her, you bastard. He wasn't doing anything like that, was he? I'm chippy. It's only chippy. She loves. It's only chippy. It's only chippy. <laughs> Why is chippy Scottish now? John, 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 I believe you. I think it probably was the ghost of Jippy. What kind of dog was Jippy again? Wiry one. A wiry corsair. Not very it? well. Right. Yeah, yeah, sort of. That. I, I don't know, kind of like a terrier, but you know, in those days, everyone had a mutt, didn't they? There were no thoroughbreds, so it was a kind of mixture of all sorts. Did you see her short edge schnauzer at any oh, point? I'm God. not even going to, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. Well, John, that's enough crudity. I want to thank you for joining us. Your work here is done. Your work here is done. And what I like was very forthright about what he saw. No messing around. He knew. He anticipated that I would rib him. What do you do for a living, John? Well, I was in IT, but I'm, um, I'm now a psychotherapist. Do you help people? I mean, are you quite good at helping people? Uh, well, I suppose, well, I suppose I'd have to ask them. I'd like to think I am, but yeah. Well, John, I want to thank you very, very much. I'm sorry about the puerile sexual double entendres that I did. <laughs> Linda's disgusted. And, and <laughs> I imagine, what would you, in your psychotherapist hat, what would you say about, would you imagine that there's something rather stunted about my sexual growth that I have to make these pathetic comments the whole time? What would, what would uh, your training say about that? John. I bet I, I know what you'd say. What do you so, say? I, I mean, what do you I mean, I think got... I would say? And why does it matter so much? Well, no, I was going to say I got a very good feeling from Clinton. I um, I could feel myself being probed by his third eye. I, 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 I felt very much at ease. All right. John, thank you. In other you. words, he's just as lucky as you are. <laughs> thank you, John. Wonderful to speak to you. And thank you for that lovely story. <laughs> oh, no worries. Let me um, know if you see any... Keep up the good work, because I meant what I said in my letter. It really, You really are a ray of sunshine. Oh, oh lovely. Me. You might go top of our leaderboard for being that nice. <laughs> Thanks, John. Thanks for uh, all your work. Bye. Yeah. Shut your back door. <laughs> Shut your back door, John. Bye-bye. Yes. Time now for our celebrity interview yeah terry christian mm. now those youngsters of you won't remember who he is but in the early 90s he was a regular feature there was even a puppet of him on spitting image there was in yeah those days. he was like the um the spokesman for the generation that were too pissed to speak for themselves very much so and the word the i'm getting the word the word on a friday night was a very sort of drunken yeah it was post pub is what yeah what you watch when you come back in if you had come back in that's right and yeah i think uh, vic and bob were on a little bit earlier 
but no, no, we were, they, I think they were on um, Vic, Vic, Vic Reeves' Big Night Out yeah. on a Thursday, something like that. But this was the thing. If you can remember properly, you weren't there. You weren't there, guys. <laughs> but I remember coming in. And what were you doing about that time? How old were you? Considerably younger than me. I was me. a little bit too young for the word, which made it deliciously naughty for me. But also, t- this next guest yeah. was proof that my dad was wrong. Why? Because my dad threatened to send me to elocution lessons when I came home and pronounced oh. the word Mars bar. And he said, no, it's Mars bar. And if you carry on like that, kid, I'll send you to elocution lessons. Well, he said, you'll never amount to anything. Look at him, one of the biggest stars w- of wait, the time. Wait till you hear him now. It's like listening to a bloody car alarm, the way he speaks <laughs> when he comes on. But I've got to say, at that time, I was thinking about this only early. I was thinking, what were we doing at that time? We'd be coming to the pub. I was like 23, 24, around about you? that how, time. How much older than me are you? I'm kind 10 years. Oh, bloody hell. Of course, in, you know, really, as a sort of time lord, I'm many, many thousands yes. of years old. You're not confined by actual age. Oh, I'm never confined by actual age. No, no, no. no. Uh, that's why I act like a 10 year old in my <laughs> comedy. But anyway, listen, this is what I want to say. That what we used to do at the time, we'd come in from the pub. Yeah. Three sheets. Three sheets, and we'd put on the word. And I was trying to think those times on a Friday night, and I'm not. Absolutely, anyone listening, I'm going to be serious for a minute here. What used to happen, it was a long time ago, this is like over 30 years ago now, someone would roll a joint. <gasps> I'm sorry to say it. Jazz fags. Jazz fags. Not me, I couldn't do it, I never bought any, but occasionally a joint would go around and we'd watch The Word. which well, used to make the us, doobie. We would do that and it would sort of make us laugh a bit. But I wanted to say this because it just reminded me of those times, what happened... First of all, there's many reasons for not having recreational drugs. Partly the turf wars, the county lines, yeah. people, you know, getting Real beaten lives up, being ruined. Real lives being ruined. But the other reason, the more humorous reason, is that you think it's hilariously funny watching the word and what have you. And what we used to do is watch things like that and Vic Reese and write, we had a book, a book, comedy book yeah. of great ideas people had when they were stoned. God. You know that thing where people are laughing so much and you think we say, write it in the book, stick it in the book. It's second only, the next morning it's so boring, The second oh. only to people telling you their dreams. It really is, so we'd come next morning what was that we wrote in the book last night? And you'd get up in the A book. load of shit. <laughs> you'd open the book and it would, look, it would go, man who sat in umbrella or something. And you go, well, that's shit, isn't it? Uh, well, last thing? night was a 12-part series. <laughs> yeah, the night before, it's like, this is the funniest thing. Ma- dog who was in helicopter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you'd be going... I did come up with the idea for um, Big Brother when I was uh, at university. Let's just say at university. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I was around my friend's house and they were quite an attractive bunch. Yes. And I said, it was actually the idea for Big Brother and OnlyFans that I came up with right I said imagine if on the ceiling there were cameras on tracks and oh. people could watch it and they could vote which housemate to follow this is why yeah this is why you are a visionary yeah a pioneer mm. that could still ha- that, I think that's still quite a good idea it's not a bad idea no. you want to write I mean, in it's ethically <laughs> let's just say shaky if not terrible well, it reminds me of the Truman Show, and very yeah. often, you I mean, as a young boy, I used to, you know, you go into the toilet and you think, I'm sure, the other thing was, of course, thinking you're Jesus. You must have done that. No, I thought it was magic. 
Yes, yes, yeah, definitely yes. thought it was magic for quite a while. But, uh, of course, I do have uh, extra sensory powers. So... And I just stopped drinking as well. In much. many ways, I do have a gift. Let's get back to Terry Christian, talking of Christ. And here he is, talking to me. Yes, Nene. Harkin. Well, joining me now on Zoom is the one and only Terry Christian. I met him last week. We did a fantastic all-showbiz event with Manchester's Finest for a cancer charity. And he very kindly said he would speak to me because he's got a lot of very spooky stuff that's gone on. Terry, in the studio, please, Linda, put the spooky music on as Terry regales us with part one. Well, story one, Terry, if you would. When I was working at BBC Radio Derby back in late 87, early 88, and I knew that my contract was finishing in the summer, I was organising a live gig, and this, well, he was a bit of a villain. His girlfriend, who was a divorcee, was chatting about a clairvoyant, and I'd, I'd had loads of clairvoyants you know, on my radio show, you know, for a bit of a laugh over the years. And oh. she told me about this old woman in Derby who was like 88, black. And she was really good, and, and I should go and see her. And I thought, well, what do I want to go and see her for? I kind of went to see her, and she grabbed me keys and suddenly said, things for you come in threes, which at the time was being a bit, bit of a naughty lad. And I did have, like, you know, three women type of thing on the go. Yeah. And then she was talking, and then she said, the police are going to come knocking on your door. And I thought, well, that's not likely. Wouldn't be a good idea, you know, for me. And then she said, you're going to travel all over the world I can see palm trees musical instruments you're going to go everywhere now I've been on exactly six flights in my life and was terrified at the time within 18 months I was working on Channel 4 The Word I was travelling all over the country and about three months after she said the police would be involved me and a mate of mine and we went on Would I Lie to You Rob me and a mate of mine were surrounded by five squad cars walking through Derby wearing donkey jackets, trains with no socks. Hey, it, was, it wasn't laundry day at the time. We'd run out of socks. And we were kind of pressed up against the wall with our hands up against the wall and accused of being jewellery thieves because there'd been a jewellery a jewelry robbery yeah. down the road. And the description of the people who carried out the robbery were they were wearing donkey jackets and trainers with no socks. And when I explained to them who I was, and the next thing you know, the police come round to kind of apologise, knocking on my door a few weeks later, and I'm there wafting all the marijuana fumes away. As they answer the door, say, don't worry about it, officer. You know? T Terry... Who can blame you? I... Look, of course, look, I'm a believer. You know I'm a believer. <laughs> a lot of people would say that's... You know, I'm playing devil's advocate now. People would say that's coincidence, you know... Uh, this this woman who, who spoke to, so she knew nothing about you. you. You were not even a showbiz name in those days, were you? Well, well I mean, I was on Radio Derby, but not the sort of show she listened to. She was 88, you know, I was playing, yeah. you know, <laughs> Babylon's Burning by the Rooks and weird <laughs> stuff like the legendary Pink Dots and loads of reggae. So she wouldn't have been tuning in. She would have known that I worked at Radio Derby and she may have heard that I had some involvement in music. Yeah. But this idea that I'd be travelling all around the world with a broad Mancunian accent like mine and the state of it, even though I've won Sony Radio, 
so was known in that way, yeah. but just wasn't that in at the time. And as I said, that wasn't something I could picture. You know, I had this idea that I'd love to travel, but I'd have wanted to go by boat. That's how bad I was about flying at the time. Did, did you did you at the time think, goodness me, this is spooky, or is it only in retrospect and, and many years down the line you go, bloody hell, that's spooky? Or did, you know, at the moment when the police are sort of patting you down and stuff, did you think, bloody hell, this has all come true? When I first thought of it was when we went to Jamaica to film there when I was interviewing Budju Banton, then we are also doing uh, Hedonism, you know, this club in the I grill. Know, I know, I remember and I, and that. And I was there surrounded by palm trees and I thought, ooh, hang on a minute. Yes. And it was, and you know, he was kind of hooked on the music side, which is where I'd come from. So, yeah, yeah it was a genuinely, yeah, and I'm not that type. You know, I, I was one of these, whenever I used to get clairvoyance on my show, I mean, I had one who was a very convincing woman once and she was saying, your dad's here. He says you're a bit tight, and I thought, oh, it does sound like my dad, you know, because <laughs> you know, they didn't buy my point right away. And then she said, uh, Have you got anything? Uh, what, what would you like to say to him? I said, Ask him where he's hid the money. Yeah. Did, 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 did she answer that? Did she answer that? She went, Oh, he's going away now. He's <laughs> faded. Was Amanda de Cadney doing the word back in your day? Well, she was the first female presenter. The, yeah. the woman that I wanted to do it, I was told, because she was from Manchester, we can't have two, uh, two uh, people yeah. from Manchester on the same show. And yeah. then they wouldn't even audition for Series 2 when Katie Puckett got the job, and then they wouldn't audition for Series 3. Who either. was it then? Which one from Manchester? was this well, well, I just thought Carolina Hearn would have been a great word of presenter. Course. Of course, I've worked with Caroline <laughs> back in the day in another life. Terry... Listen, I I want to for next week. I want to have another story from you, but oh, I want to absolutely. give you the I want to give you the chance because I know you are you doing live performances all around the country. Please tell us where we can find you and what you'll be doing. So I'm doing a show, stand-up comedy show called The Word Is Terry Christian, the naughty nineties and more. Indeed, I talk about Amanda the Cadney and that kind of clash between the poor kid, Amy, and then yeah. the you know, her dad was worth hundreds of millions and all the rest of it, the wild child and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so it's doing the rounds. I'm in Belfast at the Black Box this Saturday, September the twenty-third. It's a stand-up comedy show with some of your favourite clips of the word, oh. including some of your so favourite ones, you know, the ones where you might need a quick gulp of your pint beforehand, you may yeah. need to turn away from the screen even, but it is, it, I mean, it's got, gone down fantastic. I'm doing Dublin Sugar Club October the 6th, I'm in Newcastle under Lyme on the 29th of September, in Northampton, or is it rugby? I'm not sure, I think it's Northampton on September the 30th, then I'm doing Millham, I'm everywhere, right up until Christmas, so I'm all over the place. Every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm more or less out there. Even Blackpool, even yeah. Truro in Cornwall. I would, I would say that the people who listen to my podcast are very much of, I say our age, I imagine we're sort of a similar age. I might be a little bit older than you, Terry. But I think that it's very much the sort of thing that my listeners might go and see. And I would like to go and see it, Terry. So I'm going to go and find out exactly when you're on. I'm going to come and badger you for tickets. But Yes, um, no problem. Fantastic. Right, look, Terry, how did you used to sign off from the word, Terry? I didn't. I never had catchphrases. I didn't like gimmicks or contrivances. Right, okay. Well, in that Maybe case, that's I'm where I went say, wrong. <laughs> in that case, I'm going to say, I'm getting the word, Terry Christian. Terry Christian. Terry Christian. 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 Christian.
Time now to play your spooky stories from the 100 Club the other night, 100 Oxford Street. I want to thank those people who came along. Oh, thank you so much. We had a fantastic time. And just to tell you, you know, that we've got lots of shows coming up. I really want you to come to the 15th of October. Sunday the 15th of October. Write it down. Tickets at wegottickets.com. Look for Clinton Baptiste Sunday Seance. You will love it. We had a great time. There's a Christmas uh, show coming up where I'm working on a huge... 80s star to come and play a musician 80s pop star i'm I'm quietly confident it's going to happen so that'll be our christmas show but in the meantime please 15th of october some brilliant brilliant comedians coming on plus a chance to tell your ghost stories anyway as i say this was the other night at the hundred club where the audience gave their spooky stories and you will love this but what's your name my love Amber, isn't it? A little bit aggressive, it doesn't matter, anyway. <laughs> I asked you for a chair, love. <laughs> but I want to thank you. It is an absolute delight to come amongst you there. A real treat. Such a joy to come amongst so many of my fans. I'm not too grand to come amongst you. <laughs> I will be not afraid. I will speak to the needy, the elderly, tramps and that. And the thing is, <laughs> I just need a chair to... Oh, I've done that. Now, the thing is, we're going to begin with Clinton Baptiste Paranormal Podcast, OK? Who listens to the podcast? <laughs> oh, thank you. Now, look, the bad news is Linda is not here. She's got too many family commitments. And as you'll know, those of you who are paying for the podcast, she has a full-time job, so she can't really make it at the moment. But that doesn't stop you from giving us the most fantastic ghost stories tonight. I'm going to call upon my assistant, Glow. Where is she? Glow's going to come up. Thank you. Thank you, Glow. Now, you have a very important job tonight, my love. I want you to go to those people who have a right. ghost story. We're recording this. It's for the podcast. So, please... Let me just check that. No, that's not recording. It doesn't matter. There's something missing from that. I think we're recording it up there. But, please, let's begin. I do need proper ghost stories that we can discuss, that we can continue with, as we go to our first person... Who would like to speak to us? Oh, we've got one. Lady in the back, please. Proceed. Stay there. Spirit, very, very strong tonight, my love. What's your name, my love? Can I stretch this all the way? Cat. Cat. Was it cat? Cat. Yeah, cat. Right. (laughs) Let's try again. What's your name? Cat. Cat. What's your name? Cat. Cat. All right. Okay. Cat, yeah, not after Tuesday. Ten points to you. <laughs> not after Tuesday, cat, cat. <laughs> cat, would you please regale us with your story? What does it involve? And could you begin at the beginning? Uh, I was uh, down the back of Hagee. Terrible <laughs> voice. Can you just try to speak? <laughs> Sorry, I'm Scottish. <laughs> 
I, I was I was in a very <laughs> Oh my fucking god. That's <laughs> Sorry, Kath, carry, Kath, Kath, carry on. Aye, so I was in a, a sort of quiet, uh, overgrown part of Highgate Cemetery. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm oh, sorry. Well, that's what would it do to me. And um, in the slightly away, between you and me, Clinton, yes. I, I saw a fox. And I'd never seen a fox before. And then... <laughs> Foxes scared of cats? What is it? What's going on? Anyway, so I was on my own and then I looked, saw this fox and I looked down and there was a grave. And do you know what name was on the grave? Fox. Oh my fucking God. Three out of ten. Right, who's next? You know, there are prizes, Kath. There are prizes. We've got tonight. one here. We've got one here. Okay, but these are prizes from Mono Local Mixtape. Fantastic DJ for tonight. I don't think you'll be troubling the leaderboard, Kath, with that. <laughs> Fucking useless. Right, who's. Another one, please. What's your name, my friend? Chris. Sorry. He can speak for Christopher. himself. Christopher. Are you with this lady? This one? Yeah. She's my wife. Okay. Can He can blink twice if you're under duress, mate. <laughs> I think you asked for Angela at the bar or something like that. Right. What? He's going to speak for himself, love. What's your name, my love? Vanessa. Vanessa. Yeah. Well, we'll come to you in a minute. Chris, what, what can you tell us? No, yes, I've established that. She's Vanessa. Uh, w yeah. We own a pub. <laughs> right. It's called... <laughs> it's called, it's called what? The, it's called the Fighting Cox. If this is preempting some pathetic double entendre... <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. It's true. Right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it... From 1776. Oh, take right. one of the fucking T-shirts, I mean. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Any, anyway. Oh, sorry, yes. Anyway, he called the fighting cocks because cocks used to fight. In the <laughs> <laughs> keep going, keep going. You to find in the cockpit. Right. We used to go to bed at night. Yeah. The cocks fighting. Yes. <laughs> in the cockpit. He's handing the microphone back. That's the end of it, is it? I thought there was more. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, just a second. So you could hear the cocks have not been fighting since what? 1700s? Yes. Right, and what sort of sound do they make? Can we hear that? Go on. Go on, go on, go
absolutely pathetic. Right, who's... Is that a way of getting the name of your pod in? We've got another one. Oh, there's another one. I think that's very good. i tell you what I will say about that. Someone could be pulling a string somewhere. That's what could have been happening there. Who's next, please? There's some very keen... Very keen ghosty people! What's your name, my love? Amber. Amber. Please, Amber, make it better than the fox and the fucking cocks. <laughs> fox and cocks, nil point. <laughs> um, I stayed in a hotel because I was going to a wedding in Bath. Th this is good. Here we go. Here we go. Um, and it was quite well known to be really haunted and it was previously a convent for nuns. It was a convent for nuns, yeah. I'm getting the word nuns, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It was beautiful surroundings. There was a cemetery um, next door. See, this is how you fucking tell a story. <laughs> this is how you tell the story, Fox and Cox. <laughs> cemetery, what was it? Yeah, surrounding, yeah. Yeah, it was really beautiful. Yeah. Um, I was in my room and I was FaceTiming my daughter and I was like, it's not haunted, I've been in here, can't feel anything, it's not really that cold. Yeah. Literally, as soon as I said it, something in the bathroom crashed to the floor. <laughs> and I went running in and could just see my shampoo bottles had just gone from one place to the other side okay, of the bathroom. Okay, now, what? what? <laughs> Someone just said bollocks. <laughs> Were you there? <laughs> I'm looking at the lady now. It clearly happens. I haven't fucking washed her hair for a long time. <laughs> spooked out but really love you come out for the west end tonight when you say they thought i mean had they fallen over off a shovel they were placed you know strategically they they just landed just on the other side of the bathroom it was quite a big bathroom in there just a minute they landed and just like they've fallen over sort of thing yeah but from one side of it to the other so it's like it had been like thrown Oh, I see. Yeah. Right, like they've been thrown from... Were they on a shelf? Were they in a, in a, a bag? Or? They were sort of in a corner in my bag. Yeah, can you hear me trying to save this? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> well... That's leading so far. It's not going to win any awards with ACAST, this, is it? Who else, please? Right, we've got a few more. Okay, You're next. thank you, Glow. Who have we got here? What's your name? My name's Becky. Becky, lovely. Becky. Where do you hail from, Becky? Where have you come from tonight? I come from Bedford, and you actually slated it in your last gig, so I'm not too happy, but oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. It's yeah. lovely, Bedford. I'm not better than Watford. It's low-hanging fruit, Bedford. <laughs> I tell you what, no, it's true. You know, I mean, when it comes... There's a, you are on the map in Bedford! When it comes to rates of chlamydia and morbid obesity... <laughs> no one can touch you! <laughs> to be fair, no one wants to, but the thing is about Bedford... <laughs> it's low-hanging fruit, isn't it? I mean, it's not... It's not a holy site, Bedford. It's not a World Heritage site, but it's a fucking site. I think we can... <laughs> what can you tell a 
That's my love. Right, okay. Originally, I was worried this was going to be shit, but based on what I've heard, I'm not that worried now, so I'm going for it. But so basically, I used to live in Edmonton a few years ago in this really like shithole terrace house, yeah. And yeah. I had this really pokey little room, yeah. Yes, yes. And I lived with these four blokes, yes. all above board, nothing dodgy. Anyway, one night I oh, stayed out. It's like a voice, like a fucking car alarm, isn't it? This <laughs> Yes, anyway, so I went out one night and I came back and like, I noticed it had been my birthday recently Yes. Um, at that time and I noticed that on my birthday cards all the ink had run on the cards. Right, this I is promising. Right, so I didn't, really, I didn't really think anything of it. Yes. Anyway, the guys that I was living with, they'd been really, really odd with me. It was really bizarre. Right. Anyway, one night I was in my bedroom and I heard like this sound. It was like someone was smashing the wall with like a, like a copper pipe. So I... I said to my mate oh next door... Oh, my fucking God. Go on. I know, I know. So I said to my mate... I went and knocked on my mate's door. Yes. He was probably shitting himself, thinking, oh, my God, yeah, whatever. Yeah, let's but go yeah, on. And, going. Um, and I was like, what's going on? Did you hear that? He was like, I've got no idea what you're talking about. Yes, yeah, it sounds like me tonight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they'd still kept being fucking on with me. So I said to them a few days later, what is going on? You're being so weird. And they were like, tell her, tell her what happened. Yes, yes. And apparently when I was away, they heard this like really kind of like weird shrieking, wailing voice coming from my room. And apparently one of my mates was so scared, and they were laughing about this, that he got the cutlery and was holding it in a cross, going up the stairs, saying the Lord's Prayer, yeah? Yes, yes. And I was like, fuck this shit, you're winding me up. So I didn't think anything oh, of it. Then a God. few weeks later, why, why, why? Yeah. It's a true fucking story. I know it's shit, but it's true. Yeah. And then a few weeks later, knock on the door, and it was these two policemen, yeah, saw their ID and everything, and we were like, yeah. And they were like, the reason we're, the reason we're here, we've reopened this case to a murder that had happened, and we want to test these keys in the door. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you just said, <laughs> but that's going to go over three episodes now. This. That was a short version, so things stuff lucky. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, my giddy aunt. <laughs> Good try. You're currently in the lead, and we'll be getting a T-shirt. Which I suggest someone rams down your throat for a sec. Oh, Linda! We've come to the end of another show, and what a show it was. It was a smorgasbord of treats, wasn't it? Well, something like that, yes. Bloody hell. What are you going to be doing now, Linda? Because it's not... Where we are now, it's no longer hot. No. It's gone a little it's bit chilly. On. It's got a jumper on. I even thought about putting the heating on in here, would you believe be it? What's silly. it? Yeah. What are you going to be going to do? What are you going to do now, Linda? Well, I'm quite exhausted after uh, nearly a week and a half of actual work. Right, day. OK. So I'm going to go home and I'm going to lie down in a darkened room and oh, no one speaks to me. Oh, how lovely. What's it like having a proper job? Weird. Weird. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure I could do that now. Other people do it and it's like... I'm with other people there, and you would think it was normal. They just like crack they on. They just carry on. Yeah, there's none of the kind oh, of oh God. guys, oh guys, this is oh. 
I mean, that I do. Yes. I just crack on, you know. Well, this is the other thing. I mean, I haven't, as we, as we ascertained the other week, I've never really had a proper job. Mm. And the, the relief at 55 is that nobody else, nobody's ever going to ask me to do another job because they don't want me now. I don't have the skill set, do I? Tell you what was lovely today, though. Go because Because um, it was lunchtime and I thought, I'll go and make myself a cup of tea. Yes. I've been sitting in my office all day. I'm going to make myself a cup of tea. Yes. Uh, there was no one else in there. Bonus, I could make myself a selfish tea. Right. But also, it had been someone's birthday. There was a load of cake in there. Oh, hey. fantastic. But it's only a matter of time. <laughs> Keep before... it in Sorry, we've got, we got some drums in here. But be careful, Linda, because we don't want... Linda put wrong paper in recycling. Keep your nose clean. I'll all try. Because right? you've got to hold on to this job because the £2.50 I pay every week, it's not going to keep you in Garibaldi's, is it, my love? No. Linda is about to leave this mortal place and so am I and we will see you next week. But can I just say this? Please, please, please come to see Clinton Baptist Sunday Seance, Sunday the 15th of October, Sunday the 26th of November, Sunday the 3rd of December. Is that right? No. Hold on, just a minute. Check on your board. Oh, God, hold on. December. Oh, shite. Hold on. Yeah. The 3rd of December. 3rd. Oh, no! I just realised. It's only a week between the November one and the bloody December what one. What were you thinking? Oh, well, you know, I've got to get the bookings where I can. Yeah. It's a London's iconic 100 club. You can't have any date you want. No. I've just realised there's only a week between one and the other what one. What you like? Well, look, please, come. there's plenty of gigs to come to and you can come on and tell your ghost story and appear on this very bloody podcast. But please go to wegottickets.com and look for Clinton Baptist Sunday Seance. We'd love to see you. You're right, The man. rumbling of thunder. Yes, we've heard the rumbling of oh, thunder. Oh, my word, the heavens. It was either that shut up. or Jippy has climbed onto my <laughs> leg and is shagging it. Lots of love. See you next week. Namaste. Say goodbye. Bye. Jesus Christ. My thanks to Linda Pollock, William Walton, Ryan Mullinder, John McGeekin, Terry Christian and Glow for, well, this beautiful new song, Little Bird. This was... Incidentally, this was recorded just not long before we started the show at the 100 Club the other day. I'll stop talking over it, but <laughs> just to remind you that we are doing more shows. Come on, come to the 15th of October. You're going to love it. We got tickets.com. See you next week. It was it wasn't laundry day. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? 
Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Yeah, right. Clinton Baptiste here, offering you the chance to enjoy my Patreon podcast for free for seven days. So many people have been joining me over there. It's a shame that you're not. Uh, we've got videos, cartoons, we've got uh, all sorts of stuff, uh, all the old back catalogue and a chance for exclusive dibs on tickets before anyone else. Please come to patreon.com forward slash Clinton Baptiste. All right, spirit fading now. See you there. Fady Nail.